1: Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the importance of presentation management. Joining us is James Entra, who's the co-founder and CEO of Shuffler, which is a powerful, elegant, easy-to-use SaaS solution that finally brings decade-old presentation technology into the 21st century. Powering the presentation strategies of hundreds of fortune level companies, Shuffler helps marketing professionals save time and money by transforming the humble PowerPoint slide and everyday marketing file into invaluable business assets. And today, James and I are going to talk about marketing through storytelling. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with James Antra, co founder and CEO of Shuffler. James, welcome to the Martech podcast.
2: Thank you for having me, Ben.
1: Excited to have you as our guest, excited to talk about what some people don't necessarily consider a marketing channel, but more, I don't know, sort of an internal communication tool. You work and help people create presentations. Tell me why marketers should consider a presentation part of their marketing
2: arsenal. Because presentations are communications tools that are used by everyone in your organization. And many times they're overlooked and everyone's kind of doing them in silos and spending a lot of time and effort on their own efforts. Yet, if it's managed and in a consistent method, it'll be easier to configure presentations and easier to give them and more concise messages.
1: I feel like presentations get a bad rap. And now everybody, you know, I worked at eBay for years and... There was always the like meeting that you would sit down and it would be like, let's walk through this 45 page deck I created and it's data and stats and the slides end up being too complex and they're just a bear to get through. And it's basically somebody turning a Word doc into a presentation. It's my nightmare. sure other people feel the same way. As we start thinking about using presentations for something like storytelling, give me the secrets for actually how to create a good presentation.
2: Well, the first thing is you want to think of your presentation, not just as a series of bullet points to vomit words on people, but actually every presentation is a story and every slide is a scene. And if you think of each one of the slides as something that you're trying to tell something about what's going on, not just like spit information at them, you start looking at it more of a storytelling, what's happening in this scene? How am I teaching them in this one? And you're moving along a process. And that becomes storytelling.
1: So when we think about storytelling, presentations aside, you know, you mentioned thinking of it like you're crafting a movie, right? There's a narrative that you're building and you're creating a document that outlines the individual scenes. Not everyone is a movie maker. Not everyone is versed in storytelling. So give us the lay of the land when it comes to telling an effective story.
2: I'll start with everyone is an effective storyteller. And you learned how to tell a story the first time your parent came in the bedroom and it was a mess. And you told your mom that a green dragon came and messed up your room. How did you know about the green dragon? (laughs) (laughs) But think of your slide or what you're doing and try to think about how would you communicate that if you had no words? If you talked to someone next to you who didn't have a lot of information and you were just going to be conversational with two or three sentences telling them what that scene was or that slide was. And then pull the slide back up and think of what you actually said, and you'll find out that your messaging is more emotional as opposed to informational. And when it becomes more emotional, you move people. It's the way they feel after the meeting.
1: That's an interesting contrast, thinking about using slides to present emotion, not information. I mentioned before the nightmare presentation of... 45 dense slides where all someone is doing is reading off of the slides. There's no point in that conversation. So how do you figure out what to distill down and when should you be presenting something that is emotionally driven as opposed to data-based?
2: Well, data-based is about convincing someone once they've realized they have an emotional problem, (laughs) meaning a plumber. I could say, you know, that drip drip, drip underneath your kitchen sink. Yes. That's an emotional argument I just made. I can follow that up with, you know, that water's going to leak into your floor and bend your hardwood floors and it's going to get into the molding and you're going to have all this other stuff. But I hit you that moment of, God, that drip's driving me nuts. Now I've opened up the ability to go in there. So I try to find some unique characteristic that is kind of uniform for your audience. I picked that for plumbing because leaking pipes is what plumbers do.
1: <laughs> right. So the idea here is that when you're crafting a, a story, a narrative, you need to address the underlying problem. Now, when you're thinking about that in terms of presentation created, you have a limited amount of space. And this is something that affects marketers not only with their ad copy, with their mobile app development, obviously presentations as well. You only have so much real estate and it's really easy to clutter your message with more information and supplementation. How do you figure out how to keep things as simple as possible without while also presenting the information that supports the underlying problem you're trying to solve?
2: I'll give the answer and then an example. The first way is to think of the words that are on the page that can be represented with a graphic, an image, something that people can look at and gather a lot more information out of. That's the very first thing. But secondly, our society, social media, has been programmed to make excellent emotional slides. Every meme is a slide. Imagine if your presentation was five really effective memes that are online. Almost all of them have very minimal wording, but they cause you to think. They cause you to contrast. It makes a point. Much like movie making, every scene, they want to move someone somehow. At the end of that slide, how does someone want to feel? Do they want to feel like they got more knowledge? Do they want to feel scared? Do they want to feel like there's an impending doom that you have to buy my product (laughs) because you're going to save me? And you want to think of the emotional reasons of why your product is being purchased in the first place and spend a slide or two trying to convey that. Maybe it's with a graphic, maybe it's with something else. But once that's conveyed, your audience is ready to digest the information much better because the information has context. A special thanks to
1: our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi, who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. So where do you think presentations become a marketing channel? What are some of the applications for creating a deck and where should they be distributed?
2: Quite frankly, presentations are used everywhere. They were used when cavemen wrote on walls. They're used as stained glass windows in places of worship through the years. Was it just a backlit slide, much like your screen that you hold up (laughs) and it's telling you a story and the people walk through and they gather the story. Billboards are a series of presentations. Every university is built around a lecture hall and every single lecture hall is built around a presentation. So fundamentally, we've been doing them all the time continually, but for some reason, it's been not considered as part of the marketing mix. Now, to bring it to your marketing mix is that right now, everyone kind of does their presentations in a silo. You go, oh, Bob had a great one. You go get his slide and you get the marketing presentation, you copy and paste and you put it together, but everyone's on their own. You don't have a central library that you can quickly go to and get a consistent message across a large sales group so that people doing a presentation in Hong Kong, New York and Sydney, Australia are presenting the same pages and with the same message and consistency.
1: It's one of those things that mostly working at a large company, everyone was doing their own decks and it was a big part of the job, right? Whenever we were trying to present information internally, it would be, here's my thesis, here's my data, here's my summary, here's what the next steps and calls to action are. And this would be how we would communicate internally, right? And then there was a follow-up that you would leave from the end of every meeting. Here's my deck, I'll send you all the information, you're welcome to reference it. And going through that process was a little bit of a painful process because everyone was constantly reinventing the wheel. We would have slide templates, right? There would be the eBay line of copy at the bottom or or whatever the color palette was that was pre-designed, but there wasn't a central archive to be able to take and distribute information similar to how we would think about building a brand guideline. So talk to me about the effective way to build a guideline similar to your brand consistency guidelines for your presentations.
2: This is the fundamental change for presentation management. Yesterday, what you just described, every presentation is a flat file. It's linear. You go from slide one to two to three. If you're on slide three and you want to talk about what I talked about on slide seven, you better hold up until I get there. In a presentation management environment, you have a structured library of slides that tell your entire corporate message. It might be 300 slides about your whole company, who you are, what you do, your founding, your products, your services, implementations, videos, case studies. They're all structured in a library. And when you can quickly search for slides and visually see them, just drag it into your slide tray, which is much like a shopping cart, and then click save once you've got your eight or 10 slides. Now, you're going to be 95% of the way there because you don't want to change it. You don't want to redesign it. And then you have some options to make like the agenda slide, the follow-up slide, the personalization stuff. But the big key is that it turns into a publishing model where the marketing people publish a structured library of slides that anyone in your organization can go tap into and retell a story on your company using the best marketing scenes that have been created so far. Because there's a lot of money spent in marketing that never gets reused. And this is the way you reuse marketing dollars.
1: So, I mentioned before, I think of building a set of slides or a deck as being an internal form of communication. Talk to me about some of the ways that marketers are creating presentations, creating decks, and sharing them with the public, sharing them with the world. You know, where are the marketing channels where operators are using presentations as the vehicle for information?
2: It's happening in many different industries. Probably the biggest, most intense one is in the pharmaceutical industry, where if a rep makes a statement about a drug, you better follow it up with all the side effects and what's legally approved and all the compliance that goes with it. Those are the companies that have kind of driven this software in that they needed a compliance slide library and legally couldn't afford for a rogue salesperson out in the field to tell a doctor the wrong thing just because they edited it late night and spell check hit it wrong. That's one place that is being used. Travel and entertainment companies, travel people who are putting heads in beds and knowing like a company, Royal Caribbean Cruise Lines, has, you know, a half a dozen ships and they're in Alaska, they're in the Mediterranean, they're in the Caribbean, they have different names, they have different restaurants, different ports of call. And if I came to you to tell you about a cruise and I'm showing you about the Caribbean and all of a sudden you said, you know, I've got a group that wants to go to Alaska. If your slide library is complete, you can quickly pivot and bring the slides up that are relevant on an Alaska cruise and be up to date never have to say, get back to you. It's what we call the presentation following the conversation as opposed to the presentation forcing the conversation.
1: Yeah. I think of this as the direct sales model where you have either a sales rep or a marketer who is communicating on a one-on-one basis with the prospect or lead. Are people using the same type of information? Are they creating and presenting decks? I know that there's slide share and services like that, you know, is this an effective form of communication for things like advertising or marketing assets like white papers, what have you?
2: Quite frankly, it's a form of content management under the base premise that every file, Word, Excel, presentations are formatted to present so you can see them. And this way, if you have a video, it's ready to present and you can just drag it into a new presentation. There's no formatting or anything like that. So it's the repurposing of content within a basic content management tool. It allows people to find things that they never knew they had because if you remember to slide with purple gorilla on slide 53 from last summer, you don't wanna have to open up 55 PowerPoints, but if you typed in the word gorilla and suddenly see images of 20 slides, you're gonna, within eight seconds, zero in on the one you want.
1: You mentioned using videos, and I think it's important to maybe compare and contrast some of the value of different formats of information that you can share with your prospects. You know, I think of video, you've got the combination of sight, sound, and motion, which is incredibly powerful, but also you need to hope that somebody is both watching and listening to you. And think of audio, where someone can be consuming content passively. You could be washing the dishes while you're listening to this podcast. Written text, very easy to consume, very easy to do, long format But obviously, somebody has to sit down and actually hold a device or a piece of paper and read it. What's the value of presentations as opposed to some of the other mediums for presenting information?
2: Well, we find that presentations, while not necessary in every single sale out there, in many environments become the critical moment when this person chooses like the bottom of the funnel where someone might look online and read about in social media about you and what people have said. Then they go to the website and they know it's you talking about your product. Then they go and talk about some other people's. And ultimately, they come to you to hear exactly what you're going to say. And if your presentation, when you get that one-to-one, much like we're one-to-one right now, even all these Zoom calls are one-to-one or one-to-many in many respects, knowing that you can actually maintain that connection even if the ad over my shoulder says I'm a great company, if you don't trust my presentation when I'm sitting here, I don't think you're going to get the sale. But if that ad over my shoulder says I'm a great company and I follow up and still have the credibility, you're going to believe me when I'm sitting here more than you know something you read on the outskirts. So we just see it as the bottom of the funnel. And in many big dollar tickets, it becomes the critical moment.
1: Last question I have for you today. What do you see as the biggest, most common mistake that marketers make when they're creating and distributing their slides?
2: They don't have a tool to manage them. They spray and pray. They send it out to all their salespeople and say, use this, but they have no way to find out if they actually use it or not. And generally, salespeople will go out and go to the shortest line to the contract and that's their job. And if they have to dump the presentation in the process, they will. And rightly so, because they're mercenary in many ways. But really, everyone's been on their own. Other than me being self-promoting for Shuffler, I don't know many other tools that really manage a slide library and help marketing publish the slides so your users can consume them effectively and reuse them.
1: At the end of the day, creating a presentation and presenting information is something that all marketers are responsible for. And maybe we're not thinking about the management and reallocation and reuse of the information that we're creating. Using something like a slide library, using something like Shuffler makes a lot of sense if you're trying to coordinate your marketing efforts and your sales teams. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with James Entra, co-founder and CEO of Shuffler. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, James and I are going to continue the conversation talking about using logic versus storytelling to inspire prospects. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about James, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His company's handle is Shuffler, S-H-U-F-F-L-R-R. Or you could visit his company's website, which is Shuffler with two R's, dot com.